church. Great to see you here this morning. I'm glad to be in the house of God this morning. I hope you are too. I have to give you a disclaimer this morning. I've just had four days of prayer and fasting this week. So anything that happens is not from me. But it's going to be a little bit like this. You can take your seats. Here's my disclaimer. The the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. So this morning, if something hits you, it's like getting shot in the leg. It hurts a lot, but it won't kill you. So that's my disclaimer this morning. So you might go home bleeding, but you'll go home better. How's that? I'll just add on to that too. Because what I'm going to speak about is going to upset some people. But um, if you're wondering, if you think, oh, well, he's setting that up for me today or or someone else. When, When a preacher ever does that, the person that they're trying to set up is never there. So if you think, I'm going to preach this message about forgiveness because I know they need to forgive their mother-in-law or or whatever, they're not there. They're not even going to listen to the podcast. So I know that. So this morning, I want us to pray before we get into the Word because it is really important this year as as our theme at One Heart is is, uh, supernatural, that we start to put the foundation blocks in place so that we can live a supernatural life. And that's what today's message is, another foundational block that we're going to be putting in place in our lives so that we can start stepping into the supernatural. So let's just pray and uh, then we'll get into it. So dear Heavenly Father, we pray this morning for the power of the Holy Spirit to be in your word. Lord, it is always in your word. I pray that you cause our hearts to be receptive, our spirits to be awake, our our minds to be attentive to what you want to speak to us today. And Lord, I pray that we don't live with offense. I pray that we don't live with, uh, with, with being offended. But Lord, I pray that we say, God, thank you for bringing your word to my spirit today. And I pray that there'll be oil pouring right now into every spirit oil into every heart today that softens the soil for your word to, to, to plant itself. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, so just while you got, just Kimberly, you keep playing, the rest can go. Didn't they do a great job this morning? So it's great to have some good friends of mine here this morning, Brayden and Sarah March from, uh, from my my years as a youth pastor. I just want to honour Brayden and Sarah. They were on my youth. Well, we served together on a youth team, and uh, they were incredible people to work with. I, I reckon, I, you know, they must have only been like 16 and that. No, they, they were on the youth team, and uh, great guys, great, great guys. So if you get a chance to um, talk with them later, um, they're nice people. Sarah is. Wow. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 28. If you are visiting here and uh, you're here for the first time, uh, we want to make you feel welcome. Um, I know sometimes coming into a church like this, if you're not used to this style of service, this is just what we do. We don't have any greater revelation. We're not the only church. We don't think that. This is just how we, uh, this is just how we express our, our uh, worship to God. So I do know what it's like sometimes when you go into a strange church and you think, uh-oh, we sat in a place that we can't escape. <laughs> Hopefully you don't feel like that this morning. So Genesis chapter 28, I'm going to read from verses 10 to 17. And uh, the, the, that 
part on your screen there right now is just the very last verse we're going to concentrate. But I want to paint a picture first. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway um, resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you'll spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So I want to use that that verse right there, Genesis 28 verse 17, to launch from this morning. But Jacob, who we just read about, is left... uh, he, He... He is left after this encounter with God with the words, how awesome is this place? And he names the place, if you read on, he names the place Bethel, which means the house of God. And Jacob has the first Bethel house of God encounter that, that uh, that, that is spoken about in the Bible. So if we know our Bible today, and I do have to, um, hope if, you, if you're not familiar with the Bible that this all makes some kind of sense to you. So if you, if you are familiar with the Bible, Jacob, he's the grandson of Abraham. It says it in the story there. And all of God's promises that were given to Abraham now rest on Jacob. Now he has to get this. He has to get this. He's got to get what God's telling him. So today, so get yourself ready. Today, God is resting all His promises on us. Because He talked to Jacob and He says, and all your descendants and all these other people, that's coming all the way down to us today, to you and me. So all those promises are on us and we have to get this. In the book of Joel, if I just take a sec there, Joel 2, 28, 29, it says, In those days I will pour out my my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters, your your young men, your old men, um, both men and women alike, I'm going to pour out my spirit and I want us to be ready for that kind of supernatural pouring out. This gateway that Jacob saw, the local church. Here's why I want to introduce some themes to you today. The local church is a gateway place that you can expect supernatural things, supernatural encounters with God. Now, it's not the only place, but it is a great place to start. Something that has affected modern church culture has been disrespect for our Bethel, for our house of God. So by not... Um, now, now here's, here's the pain part. So once we get past this, it'll get better. So just, you know, 
get a towel and patch your, your shot leg when it happens. But, but when you don't support, not supporting a local church home disrespects Bethel, disrespects God's house. By not tithing, by not serving, it is doing Bethel a disservice. So Jesus, I, I want to show you some things this morning. Jesus was at his most raw when it came to disrespect and dishonor in the house of God. Um, he, he actually lost it when he saw people disrespecting the house of God. In John 2, verses 14 to 16, um, there's a story where, where he chased people out of the temple. He, 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 it says he made a whip and he, he, he chased all these people who were disrespecting and bringing dishonor to the house of God, to their best Bethel place. And he chased them out and he, he, he was at his most raw at that point. And he scattered their money. He turned over their tables. And he, and, and, uh, he said, oh, I'm not going to allow my God's house to be disrespected like this. In verse 17 of, of John chapter 2, it says, Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the Scriptures. Passion for my house will consume me. And you know something? That passion for God's house is still precious to Jesus. Jesus got cut up when he saw people disrespecting the house of God. And I think Jesus still gets cut up. It's something that he's passionate about because it's not a building. It's, it's, it's not a place. It's a spiritual coming together, which we call the church. And Jesus never wants to see that being disrespected. So I want to go through some things this morning and, and explain why it's important. Um, it's not so that we can have a palace full of artwork as a church or a, a, a building full of equipment and full of nice stuff. Here's the reason why it's so passionate for Jesus. It's a place for people who don't know God to have a Bethel supernatural experience. So you wonder why we come together on a Sunday. You wonder why we preach. You wonder why we do these things. You wonder why we, we have air conditioning and things to make it comfortable. It's not for the church. It's so that there, we can create an environment, a place, a space, so that someone who doesn't have the foggiest about God can come and we can bring our friends and people who we know who need a touch from heaven can experience something from the kingdom of God. Oh, I got a bit of excitement there today. See, the church, people of God, that owns its Bethel is a, is a supernatural church. Expect people to encounter Jesus there. Expect people to come into the presence of God in your church. So I have to mention that I use the term encounter with God reservedly this morning. As it can have some unwanted attitudes. We're just going to run through them this morning. Just some practicals here for you. So if we can have that slide up, please. Some unwanted attitudes. Because I know sometimes when you preach a message, what I preach and what I mean gets misinterpreted between here and there. So I want to make things really clear. So last week, if you want to listen, if you want to catch our podcast, I spoke about uh, supernatural, weird, but good. And some people misinterpreted that saying, yeah, that's good because they just want to be weird in church. No, we don't want your weird. You stay home, be as weird as you want. But when you come to church, the Bible says that those who have the Spirit of God are in control. So don't get out of control here because I won't, I won't interpret that as well. That's really awesome. I'll just be thinking, yeah, conf confirmation. Unwanted attitudes. Number one, 
when it comes to encounters with God, some people, Christians and, and non-Christians, but Christians too, come with an attitude that that never happens to me. That never happens to me. And so they shut off from the concept that God could speak to them. And this is because we, you know, perhaps they're thinking God has to send an angel or some other unusual manifestation. And so we miss the subtle word of God that could change everything. So I'm not going not to dance around these too long. The second one, God speaks to me all the time about everything. Two opposite extremes here. God speaks to me all the time about everything. This is the overactive spiritual, where everything done is from direct heavenly instruction. The attitude leaves no room for external direction, no room for external wisdom or correction, leads to unhealthy independence and forms of ministry that lack accountability. Oh, yowch. Just got someone. I just got them in the ankle. I'll survive. Third one, memory loss. As soon as God speaks, it's forgotten. So, so with this one, as soon as you leave the room and continue on as normal, like nothing ever happened. You know, that, that happens sometimes. People get a real touch of God, a real word from God. They, they went to church and suddenly it's like the preacher was speaking right at them. It hit them right between the eyes. And then it's like, oh, I feel the convictions. Oh, but, but you know what? I, I walked outside and saw my friends and I, I drove home and I was like, Whew. just like it never happened. And the fourth one is my favorite. It's all of the above in one, depending upon the day. So number four looks like um, God told me. Not sure what God told me. Actually, I forget what he told me. So we have all all three working at once in, in some cases. So how do we experience supernatural encounters of the God kind? So it is possible that we do. And I'm going to give you two reliable ways. Just use that word for a sec, reliable ways. Because we don't want to have things that are, that are on shaky foundations or unreliable. Thank you, Kimberly, you can go. I wondered, why, I wondered why there was such anointing in the place today. I'm thinking, I can hear music from heaven. Good stuff. Just while, we, while she's departing, I'll have a sip. There you go, the anointing's just disappeared. <laughs> so how do you experience supernatural encounters of the God kind? It's a good question. So I want to give you two reliable ways. The first one, we go straight into them this morning because I've got a lot to cover. Two reliable ways. Number one is his word. In John chapter 1 verse Verse 14, right, for, well, right at the very start of the book of John, it describes Jesus as the Word of God. It describes Jesus as the light from heaven, the one who's going to bring illumination to everything. And it says the Word became human, or in some versions of the Bible it says the Word became flesh. But what, what I need you to understand this morning is God or Jesus. So when someone says God told me I've had an encounter with God, it will not ever contradict his Word. God won't contradict himself. Now, here's, here's the, the, the funny thing. People contradict themselves all the time. People contradict themselves all the time. 
It's what we do, but it's not what God does. So the Bible is that word that we have today. It is not an ordinary book. It is life and it is power. There is something supernatural in reading the word of God and there is something supernatural in preaching the word of God because it has the power to get in our spirit. It has the power to to change us from the inside out. 2 Timothy 3.16, it tells us that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I love that scripture. The Bible is no ordinary book. It's supernatural. And when you believe in faith what it says, it becomes alive and you can live in it. You can live with it. Second reliable source that I want to share with you this morning is worship. John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus speaks about, you'll worship me in spirit and in truth. Talking about a new, a new level of worship. It's not singing songs in church. But that's, what, that's where I'm bringing it down to this morning, that corporate moment that we call worship. I'm bringing it down to that, but that's not the, that's not the, the whole scope of what worship is. That's only an aspect. But um, worship opens our heart and spirit to the closeness of God. So that's why some people, maybe you've never experienced this, but I know many people have, I know I have. I've been in church, I've gone thinking, well, I'm just going to church, I'm just going through the motions, I'm just going to, uh, um, you know, and get it out of the way. And suddenly, in, in worship, I'm, I, I'll just, I, I, personally, I raise my hands, I'll close my eyes, I'll start to, to think about what we're singing, and then something overwhelms me. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's an encounter with God. And I know many times God has given me ideas and, and thoughts and a way forward when I've been caught somehow and, I've, and, and, and the Lord just said, you'll be okay, and I've just worshipped my way into that experience. So don't ever say, well, I turn up late so I missed that part. I just think it's repetition. I just think it's boring. You know something? You've got, you've got to... Give yourself, push yourself into that moment where you can say, God, this is an encounter moment. I don't want to miss it. Because even people who don't know who God is yet come into that environment and they're going, there's something here. So encounters of God often happen in worship when the church comes together and worships. It's an opportunity to go into a realm in the supernatural encourage you i want to encourage you to worship when we're all together it's really important that the church has that power in worship so getting back to the story of jacob the first mention of bethel the house of god genesis 28 verse 17 i'll read it again it says this he was afraid and he said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of god this is the gate of heaven. See, Jacob had a supernatural encounter with God. And when it was over, it says he was afraid. I, I find those kind of, that language un, you know, interesting, so to speak. And, and I, I think you've got to think, well, if, if you had an experience where, where the Lord, it says the Lord was at the top of, you know, in heaven, he saw him at the top of his stairway, and it says the Lord was there. And then the Lord says, just in case there's any doubt, he says, I am the Lord. And you've got to think, 
Heck, how would you feel if you had just saw Jesus? I don't know, there'd be lots of emotions, but I think in in Jacob's day, get the context of where he's coming from. He was running away from home. He's possibly feeling like he's in rebellion or he's doing the wrong thing. It's a bit like, a little bit like when you, I was talking to Braden about this yesterday, when you take your rubbish and put it in the neighbor's bin. You know, you kind of feel like you really haven't done anything wrong. You're not sure, but you feel guilty. I've I've never done that, but I've heard that's what people say. Jacob had a supernatural encounter with God. And when it was over, it says he was afraid. Now, I want to, I want to bring my interpretation to this so it's open to scrutiny. That's okay. But, but this is my interpretation of, of that word afraid. Is he repented and he changed his thinking. So when that word's used afraid, it's like, what, oh, well, I was just scared. I was like, I, I saw a ghost. No, it's not that kind of afraid. I think it's the afraid that it's, it's like something came on him that caused him to change his thinking. We call that repentance. We call that changing our direction. You know, one thing I was, I was convicted of this week and I found myself repenting. Because I, I find myself saying things like this a lot. Oh, you can't do everything. I say this to myself about, oh, you can't do everything. As a church, you can't do everything. Some things we just don't want to take up. We need to know our limitations. I need to know my limitations. And I repented of that this week. I was convicted in my, in my fasting to change my talk, to change my confession, to, to change how I speak. And I repented of words spoken that are limitations over my life, limitations over my ministry, limitations over the church. And I had, to, I had to say, God, forgive me of, those, of speaking those limited words. So repentance, I, I felt that, that need to, to say sorry to God. I repented. And repentance uh, is turning from something to grab hold of something better. So we think repentance is like giving up all the fun. No, it's, it, it's, it's giving up something so that you can get something better. Can I have the musicians back too, Kimberly? You were down for a long time. trying to claw something back around here she had her two minutes that's enough but when it comes to these things it's better to call out and know our limitless God who supplies everything beyond every limitation than to keep continually reminding ourselves of the limitations that are so obvious so becoming a believer in Jesus is a totally supernatural encounter. It's a moment of initiation, born in faith and powerful and begins with repentance. It is the most supernatural encounter that there is, is that encounter with Jesus when someone goes from not believing to believing. And that's what what we're here to create an environment for people to experience that. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you can have, you can have that today if you're here and you don't know Jesus. You can experience that today. 
if you've never done that before. And as I, I come to close this service, I want to show you about two kings that are in the Bible and their attitude to Bethel, the house of God. The first king is called King Ahaz. And when he faced troubles, this is what he did. He had a few issues in life. You know, who's ever had an issue? Who's ever had some trouble? Thanks. That's a metaphorical question. You don't have to answer or put your hand up. But thank you. And what a great singing job you did today. 2 Chronicles 28 verse 24. I'll read this for you. The king took the various articles from the temple of God and he broke them into pieces. He shut the, the doors of the Lord's temple so that no one could worship there. And he set up altars to pagan gods in every corner of Jerusalem. Ahaz shut the doors to the house of God. He shut the doors to Bethel. He represents those who disrespect Bethel. There are doors that we've closed and we've nailed shut that should be open for Jesus. That should be open. They should be gateways for God to communicate with us. So the way in which we do that is when we speak words. I, I spoke about my repentance of my words for this reason. When we speak words like, I'll never go back. Because people say, well, I'll never go back to church. I'll never do that again. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never put my hand up to, to serve God. I'll never give again. That's it. They offended me. I'm not, never doing that again. That, that pastor was preaching about me. What they're, they're nails in the door of Bethel. They say, we're closing this door and we're never going there ever again. That's bringing dishonor and disrespect. Where what the Holy Spirit wants to create in us is an honor for the house of God, an honor for the King of Kings, an honor for Jesus. And for that to happen, we have to leave the doors open. Because what's interesting about Ahaz is not only did he close the doors because he didn't want to go in, he closed the doors so no one else could enter either. So behind you, there's another metaphorical little illustration. Behind you, don't look around. There are people who will not get into Bethel experience unless you keep the door open. There are people who are relying on you like, like Jacob had to get it so that we could get it. And so behind you, there, there could be hundreds, there could be thousands, there could be millions of people. If you make that decision to say, I'm never going back. I'm going to withhold my giving. I'm going to withhold serving. I'm not going to go on a welcome team. I'm not going to get a vacuum cleaner. I'm not going to sweep the car park. I'm not going to do that. There could be millions of people following that decision that never get a Bethel. You'll bleed a little bit, but you're not going to die. Because offering, you need to get this, this is wisdom. Offering is a door. Serving is a door. Worship is a door. All things happen when the house of God is open. All things good happen when the house of God is open. I want to show you another king. 
His name is Hezekiah. Ahaz has a son. His name is Hezekiah. When he becomes king, his father disrespected the house of God, closed the doors, stopped worship, stopped serving, stopped giving. Those doors are already closed. But Hezekiah decides to honour Bethel. He decides to honour the house of God. 2 Chronicles 29 verse 3. It says in the very first month of the first year of his reign. It's like the first thing he did. That when they sat for parliament the first day of his kingdom, he says to all the nobles, all the princes, all the others in his court, he says, you know what guys, the first month of the first year of his reign, the first thing he decides to do is he says we're going to reopen the doors of Bethel, we're going to reopen the doors of the temple, I'll read it to you in the very first month of the of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them Hezekiah represents revival. He represents hope and revelation again in the house of God. And it starts because he had a decision to honour God's house. A a decision to honour Bethel in his life because maybe he could see if we bring ourselves back to the house of God again, then maybe God will restore our land. Maybe God will restore the kingdom. Maybe God will bring us back to a place where we're right with Him again. So these two kings represent, this is where it gets personal. These two kings represent the old you and the new you. The old you closed doors. Maybe you've done that in the past. The old you has closed doors that should have stayed open. In in those key areas, offerings, is a door serving is a door worship is a door in those ways we've closed doors that should have stayed open the new you is opening doors the new you is reopening doors to Bethel again you know the good part is God wants to bring you into places of revelation God wants to bring you into places of of, of, uh, intimacy growing feeling just that that sense of wonder I never want to grow out of the sense of wonder for those of you who came to the 9am prayer meeting I I did something different we we watched a, a video of a worship thing I don't even know where the place is it it said it was I don't know, some real strange name of this group, whatever they were. But uh, I, I, I'd never seen it before. I only, only saw it this morning for the first time. I thought, I'm going to do that in, in the prayer meeting this morning. But one of the things I saw, I'm just diverging right now just to finish off. But in, in this thing, there's all these people worshipping. It's like going off. And there's this old guy on the stage somewhere like here. And there's all these worship singers everywhere. And this old guy with grey hair just like, I'm thinking, that's, that's where I want to be. When I'm an old codger, I want to be in the house of God just just fiddling around, but I'm there. I don't want to be anywhere else. 
that's a, 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 a dumb ambition, but I'll tell you, I'm thinking, Lord, let me be like him. <laughs> That'll do me. Today is a special day because it's a special day for change. It's a special day to, to establish a, a new block of the supernatural. It's a su- supernatural day for you. Some of you, maybe you need to accept Jesus for the first time. Why don't we just bow our heads and give some people some time to think about that. Perhaps you're here today and you've never really thought about Jesus. Jesus came to live as a man because he was God, but he came to earth to be a human so that he could make a way so that we reconnect back to God the Father. So he died for your sin, for your issues, for your brokenness. And this morning, we're not going to draw this out, but if if you think, hey, I want to get my life right with Jesus today, you can put your hand up and I'll pray with you this morning and, and speak with you afterwards. If there's anyone here, you can just put your hand up nice and high and I'll see that. No one else looking around. I'd love to pray with you. Do I see your hand there? No? It's okay, we'll move on. I know for many of us today, we need to open some doors again. And it's not a bad thing because it brings such a release and such a sense of relief in our life when we get used to this word called repent. I'll just ask everyone to stand to their feet. And perhaps just raise your hands up to heaven right now. Just raise your hands. What if you feel comfortable too? It's not like you have to. But if you're saying, God, I want to be part of this. If you're saying to yourself, I want to accept Jesus anew. I want to open a new door of experiencing Jesus today. I want to step into some some new building blocks, some new foundations so that I can truly live in the supernatural this year and every year. I want to pray for people this morning and we'll have someone pray with you. I'm going to ask you, the musicians are going to sing and when they do, if you want to step into a new thing, if you want to signal to God I want to repent of some stuff. We're not going to ask you any questions. We're not going to prompt you or try and expose you. But we're going, to, we're going to believe with you and stand with you and just confirm that doors are going to be open in your life. So if you're comfortable with that and you want to come down and receive prayer, some of our pastors will come around you and pray with you and believe for the breakthrough. But I know God wants to do something supernatural in people today that is going to set them up for for who knows what. Set them up for millions to follow into the kingdom of God from their decision today. So as we sing, I invite you to come and uh, we'll have the team. I'm going to just ask the prayer team to come and join me up here right now. So if I could have Pastor Pauline, Pastor Kylie, Pastor Michael, who else is around? Um, just come up, come up here. else is here? Who else? Oh, Jimmy and Beth are already here. Josh is somewhere. But I just want to show you guys an example in their lives. Because these guys have 
open the doors of Bethel. And that's why they're here today. That's why they're leaders in the church because somewhere in their journey, they've decided, I've got to keep a door open. I've decided that I'm going to make a spiritual decision for Jesus first. And that's why they're going to be praying with you. So as we sing, why don't you come and uh, then I'll release the, the troop to pray. All right, God bless you guys and just come as you feel. raise our hands again there's a sign of saying Jesus I, I want to be part of this I want to be part of this Lord Jesus I speak on behalf of every person here with their hands raised today may we always honour Bethel honour the house of God Lord we pray and make a declaration over one heart church that on behalf of all of us here, we want to keep the doors of Bethel open. We want to have the doors of encounter open. We want to have the doors of your of where your spirit can touch people open. And Lord, I just prophesy, I speak over people here today that behind them is generations, behind them is, is hundreds and thousands and maybe even millions of people that have got to find their way to God because they made a decision today to keep the doors of Bethel in their life open. I declare that over them today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Hallelujah.